God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Greg Backus, your host. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind, for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people, and he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and is seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your Heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you, it knows no bounds. Today we have a very exciting program. We will hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding light dispelling darkness. Our interview segment is with John Drake. John is an ordained minister and a pastor at Grace Christian Fellowship in Naperville, Illinois. He is also the chaplain of the Northern Illinois chapter of Warriors Watch Riders, which is a troop support organization. John will share with us from God's Word on the wonderful truth that we have been bought with a price. It's an interview that I trust you will enjoy. Before we delve into God's Word, let's start off with some music. Change. 
At night, if you were to walk into a totally dark room, are you able to see anything? Not usually. Maybe if there's some light coming from a window, from a street light or the moon, you may be able to distinguish various items in the room as a shadow, uh, maybe a little more than that, but despite that small amount of light, you still do not see clearly nor the detail. When you turn on the light in a dark room, the darkness leaves. You're able to see. Can the darkness ever extinguish the light? Never. The light will always dispel the darkness. Let's begin here in Psalm 119, and we'll read verse 130. If you have your Bible handy, here it states, The entrance of God's words give light. It gives understanding unto the simple. When God's word is made known, it gives light. The unfolding, the revealing of God's word will give understanding or discernment to the simple. And the simple here are referring to the humble, those who desire to know. Why is it that in the world today we see so much darkness and foolishness, a lack of wisdom, and really quite a bit of evil? Well, it's because there's so little of God's word declared and believed. Where God's word is spoken, believed, and lived, the darkness flees. Darkness cannot exist in the presence of light. Just as when you turn on a light in a dark room to be able to see, so when you speak God's word, and that word is unfolded to the end of understanding, the dark things must leave. In Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. God's word shows us where to go in life. It gives us the wisdom and the understanding needed to live according to God's will. It will light our path so that in life we don't stumble and fall. Have you ever gotten up in the middle of the night with no light to see and stubbed your toe on the edge of the nightstand or on the edge of a dresser? Sure, you have. I have too. And it hurts. <laughs> well, have you ever stubbed your life because of not seeing and understanding clearly the situation or the circumstance before you, because of walking in darkness? I'm sure you have. And once again, I have too. And it hurts. And sometimes the hurt can last for years if we stay in the shadows of the darkness. In the dark room, we turn on a light to get rid of the darkness. In our life, if we go to God and His Word, read His Word, speak His Word, live His Word, the darkness and the evil is dispelled. Look at Psalm 119, uh, verses 7 through 14 we'll read. The law, or the word of the Lord, is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, reliable, and trustworthy, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It says there that the commandment, the word of the Lord, it's pure, and it makes clear your understanding because it enlightens your eyes. 
The eyes here represent your understanding. Only the Word of God can truly make clear a situation. It's like a spiritual visine eye drop. Your understanding is cleared up. It's wiped clear to the end that you can distinguish truth from error when the Word of God is made known. Let's continue there in Psalm 119, uh, verse 9. The reverence of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, verse 11, by them, by God's word, is thy servant warned or instructed, and in keeping of them there is great reward. It is the pure, unadulterated word of God that is what endures forever. We are to desire his word above all riches, above all things good. God's word instructs us the way to live. And in keeping his word, we have exceeding great reward throughout all eternity. Verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. He is our strength. He is the one that has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy unto an eternal relationship. He is our Father. We are His children. When His Word is in our mouth and His Word is the meditation of our heart, darkness can no longer stand in our presence. The light of his word chases away the darkness of evil. You know, there's a wonderful record in God's word in Acts chapter 8. And this record that we'll read here at the beginning of Acts chapter 8 takes place immediately following the stoning death of Stephen, who was a wonderful, bold man of God. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we're going to read through verses 1 through 12. Verse 1, And Saul, who later was called Paul, Saul was consenting unto Stephen's death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. The believers, they were scattered abroad. This word here, scattered abroad, does not mean that they ran every which way with no sense of direction or purpose, running to hide or running to get away. Rather, this scattered abroad means they systematically went out from Jerusalem. One household went to Samaria, and then another group, well, they said, Ron, you and Eric, you go to Caesarea. And then another group, uh, Susan and Bob, and Jackie, you go to Azotos, and so on and so on. They sent them out systematically to specific locations. They methodically moved into other regions of Judea and Samaria as they were led by the Spirit of God. Verse 2 here in Acts chapter 8. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul... He made havoc of the church, entering into every house and pulling out men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, verse 4, 
they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. They went everywhere preaching what? The word of God. They preached the truth regarding Jesus Christ and salvation in his name and his resurrection. They didn't complain and lament that they had to move from Jerusalem because of the great persecution. They didn't complain about what an inconvenience it was to have to be displaced. No, (laughs) they spoke the word of God. They introduced light and the darkness had to flee wherever they went. What a wonderful example they are for us today. Continuing in verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people of Samaria with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. Verse 8, And there was great joy in that city. It's the name of Jesus Christ that removes the affliction of devil spirits from people's lives. They cannot stand in the presence of that name when spoken on believing lips. They must leave. Jesus Christ is the light of God. Devil spirits are darkness. When the light is present, the darkness has no place to hide. It must flee. Philip preached Christ unto them. He didn't proclaim his church. He didn't preach a preacher or a man. He didn't preach a new book, a CD, or a class. He preached Christ. The preaching of Christ today will result in the same results. Devil spirits leave. People are healed in body and mind. Great joy is seen where Christ is preached and believed. God hasn't changed. He's waiting for his people, you and I, to rise up, to believe who we are in Christ, and to boldly preach the resurrection, to boldly preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that sets men and women free. When we do that, we will see signs, miracles, and wonders. And there already are many people doing that across this country and around the world. It's God's desire for all of his people to preach his word. Continuing in verse 9, But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. Verse 11, And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. What does it say here that they believed in Samaria? They believed the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And then verse 13, this is remarkable and it is just so tremendous and it's a tremendous display of God's grace and mercy and love. Then Simon himself also believed 
And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Simon, he also believed. Simon was freed from the bondage of evil spirits that had controlled him when the light of God was introduced by the preaching of Philip. Even those controlled by evil spirits can be free in mind and body when they believe the preached word of God. Now let's look at the example of the great Apostle Paul, who was previously called Saul. And remember in Acts chapter 7, he was consenting unto Stephen's death. Saul was a Pharisee, a member of the ruling religious class of the Judeans that were vehemently opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was against the gospel so much so that he broke into Christians' homes and carried them away to prison. But after being witnessed to by the Lord Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, he believed and he received the Spirit of God in the new birth. Let's take a look here in Acts chapter 26 as Paul recounts to King Agrippa the record of his conversion on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 26, verse 1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand, and he answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before you, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know you to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech you to hear me patiently. Verse 4. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers under which promise the twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Verse 8, Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints that I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, and I punished them in every synagogue, and I compelled them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto many cities." Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O King Agrippa, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And we all fell to the earth. I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. But rise and stand upon thy feet, 
For I, Jesus, have appeared unto you, Saul, for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of these things which you have seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto you, delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send you. Here's his purpose, verse 18. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are set apart by believing in me. Wow, what an awesome record. Paul received his commission directly from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was sent to open people's eyes by turning them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God to the end that they would receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance of eternal life. It's the light of God's word that dispelled the darkness in the life and heart of Paul. Verse 19, let's continue in that same chapter. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes the Jews caught me in the temple and they went about to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to the small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as Paul thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning does make you mad. Paul says, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king, you know of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from you, for this was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Verse 29, And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Wow, what a tremendous testimony. Paul was obedient to his heavenly calling. He witnessed to small and great, you too have a heavenly calling. Your obedience to your calling in Christ results in great joy and peace for you today. And not only that, but great reward throughout all eternity. Philippians chapter 2. Uh, let's close in this section of Scripture, verses 13 through 16. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things that God works within, without murmurings and disputings. 
that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life. God works within you today. God directs your heart to do his good pleasure. Do what he directs you to do without complaining. (laughs) You have the light of Christ within. The creator of the heavens and the earth is your father, and he has great works for you to do as you're obedient to his direction. In this world, you are a beacon of light when you live and speak God's word. People will be drawn to you because they are searching for light in this dark and perverse world. Just as Paul turned people from darkness to light and to the power of God from Satan, you do the same as you speak the words of this life. Preach Christ. Light always dispels darkness. There's got to be more Than going back and forth From doing right to doing wrong Cause we were taught that's who we are Come on, get in line right behind me You along with everybody Thinking there's worth in what you do Then like a hero who takes the stage When we're on the edge of our seats Saying it's too late let me introduce you to amazing grace. No matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth is a cross has made. The cross has made you flawless. No matter the hurt or how deep the i
introduce you to Grace, Grace, God's Grace. No matter the bumps, no matter the bruises, no matter the scars, still the truth is the cross has made, the cross has made you flawless. The cross has made you flawless. And no matter the hurt or how deep the wound is, no matter the pain, the still. Our guest today is John Drake. John is an ordained minister and a pastor at Grace Christian Fellowship in Naperville, Illinois. He is also the chaplain of the Northern Illinois chapter of Warriors Watch Riders, which is a troop support organization. John is retired from the United States Army, and he is in his 30th year of a blessed and happy marriage. I'd like to welcome John Drake to the Solution Radio Show. Welcome, John. Thank you, Greg. Ah, It's great to have you here in the studio today. Now, can you Tell us a little bit about your testimony of how you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ uh, when you became born again of God's Spirit. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I thank my mother for that. Um, she's a godly woman all her life, and she would pray constantly to God um, and would talk to me from my earliest memories. My mother would tell me of God and praying to God and God being the one that would take care of us and, you know, just put it all in the Father's hands. And because of that, I've always had that in the back of my mind. And growing up, um, my mother encouraged me to go to church and, and seek out the Father. And I did that. I went to a lot of different denominations in the Chicagoland area where I was raised. And Something that um, I saw that sort of confused me during that time in my life as a young teenager was that every church I went to, every denomination, all opened the scriptures, but they all believed different things out of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite understand that. Mm-hmm. So that was um, a confusing time for me as a youth. Um, I didn't identify with any particular denomination or anything. Um, and then while I was in the United States Army, I was sitting at a snack bar in a bowling alley having dinner. Uh, Two gentlemen came in who were uh, sharing God's Word with people. And we got to talking, got in a good conversation about our Lord and Savior, and and they invited me to a local non-denominational fellowship in the area. This was in South Carolina, of which I accepted the invitation and went the next Sunday. And I heard the Word of God taught in a very exciting, dynamic way. It made sense straight from the scriptures. 
Um, there was no long preaching without the scriptures. It was just teaching straight from the book. Hmm. And I knew at that point I'd finally heard something that made sense. Awesome. That's yeah. wonderful. What a, what a great story. And how God just leads you through that path to bring you to the point of where you hear his word and you believe it. And what a wonderful upbringing your mother did for you as yeah. well. That's yeah, I'm very thankful. Really awesome. Now, you're also uh, the chaplain for the uh, Northern Illinois chapter of the Warriors Watch Riders. And it's a troop support group. Can you just give us a little background on that? Yeah, sure. Warriors Watch Riders um, is a troop support, as it says on the website, um, where we support our troops both present and past. We do that by honoring them when we are invited to welcome them home when they return home from a mission, sending them off when they're going off on assignment, and Sorry to say, I mean, we, we do have the privilege of honoring them when they've given the ultimate sacrifice, that of their lives. Mm. Um, we'll honor them with a motorcycle escort and stand at the gravesite in their honor um, and help the family through mm. that time. And when a soldier's deployed um, and we've honored them by sending them off, the family can always call on us if they need anything, and we'll do whatever we can mm. to help them through a difficult time or whatever the need may be, um, and they can always contact us through the website. That's wonderful. What's the website? www.warriorswatch.org. Okay, and we'll place that on our website as well so people can follow up on that. That'd be awesome. That's a a great service to our troops. Yeah, well, they deserve it. They're they're giving their—they sign on the line to serve our country, and that's something greater than themselves. Right. Well, now we're going to learn a little bit about our topic of discussion today, uh, bought with a price, as you share your heart and open up some of the scriptures regarding that. Can you tell us a little bit about what it means to be bought with a price? God, in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, tells us that we are bought with a price. Verse 19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The price that was paid for us by God is his son, Jesus Christ, when he hung on the tree. That's a price that I don't know a single father that would be willing to pay give up your only son. Right. I know you have a son. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody in life that you would be willing to give up your son for. That's love. We accept that price when we get born again, when we confess Jesus as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. That's when we appropriate that price that Jesus paid for our lives. But we do that freely. We get to a point in our lives where we say, I'm tired of running my own life. It's not working out. I want something better. So we accept Christ as our Lord. But too many times, we don't live our lives as though he's our Lord. Mm -hmm. We go about our own lives day by day, still living the way we did before we got born again, instead of, listening to the Father's direction. You know, if I made a purchase of an automobile and every time I wanted to turn right, it turned left, 
if I wanted to stop, it accelerated. That purchase wouldn't do me very well, would it? No. <laughs> Take it back, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> I got a lemon. Yeah. Um, so God wanted fellowship with us. He created us. And it was man in the garden who fell. God didn't do that. Man did that. And God, through time, came up with the plan of redemption to get us back because he wants fellowship with us. And the price he was willing to pay for that was his only begotten son. And that wasn't just to get us to heaven. <laughs> that wasn't the goal. It's so that he could have fellowship with us every single day. So we could come to him with every care, every need, and good times and bad. Come to the Father every single day and share our heart with him as we would our earthly father. And that's what he wants. He doesn't want to wait for your death to come and you get to heaven. Right. No, it's about communion now, an intimate relationship with him. So... Our lives are not our own. And so I don't have the right to decide for myself, really, what I'm going to do in my life. I can discuss it with the Father and ask him, is this in alignment and harmony with what you want done? Mm -hmm. And God can direct me then. Because too many times we think up things that we think would be best and then ask God to bless it. Right, right. <laughs> no, that's not what God wants. You know, we're, those of us that are parents really, really appreciate it when our children come to us and ask our advice and seek our direction. And we're happy to provide that direction, and we're even more blessed when they follow that direction, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. You've got children, I know. Right. God's no different. God just thrills at his heart when we come to him and say, Father, help me with this. And that's what he paid for, and for isn't us it, to be able to do that. Isn't it remarkably awesome that he's the creator of the heavens and the earth and wants to have a relationship with us? It's just amazing. that You know, if you laid out tonight um, in your yard and looked up at the stars and you thought about the expanse of the universe and all that God created, um, and then you thought, we look up at that and think how awesome God is. God's looking down on us thinking how awesome we are right. because we accepted his son. Mm -hmm. And here's another thing. You know, God, when he looks at us, we often think he sees our failures, our inadequacies, because he knows all those. We're dust. He made us. But what he sees is through the filter of Jesus Christ. Right. Jesus Christ is sitting at God's right hand as the head of the body. When you're born again, you're a member in particular in the body of Christ. So when he sees his son, he's going to look through the head to get to a member of the body. Any direction he sends is going to be through the head. So everything goes through the filter of his son, Jesus Christ. And is he pleased with his son? Yes. You bet he is. <laughs> Because his son said, not my will, but yours, Father. Mm -hmm. He was the obedient child. He was the one every father always wanted, the yeah. one that always did his will. That's what God sees. You know, many times we call ourselves 
well, you know, I'm no good, I'm a worm, I'm a sinner, I'm this, I'm that, and we try to humble ourselves thinking that that's being humbling. We're lying. That's not what the Word of God says. How can we be a sinner if God calls us blameless in His sight? Right. Scriptures tell us that. Mm -hmm. When we rise up to what God says about us and start confessing what God says is true about us, then we begin to really appropriate the relationship that God intended from the beginning. Then we're bold to go to God and seek his advice and, and think that he's got time for us then. <laughs> you know, when I blow it, and I do, I'm human, I know that I might feel that, well, you know, I really don't want to go to God right now because I blew it. Mm -hmm. No, that's the time to go to God and say, I'm sorry, I blew it. Just as you would in your marriage or with your kids. Just, hey, I'm sorry, I screwed up. Forgive mm -hmm. me. But get back in alignment with the Father and then get that relationship repaired. God's always there. He's never going to turn his back on us because of the price that he had to pay to get us. Mm -hmm. We are his purchased possession, and we are so important to him that nothing we can do from his point of view could ever cause him to push us away. Can't. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. Sorry. His love is too big. He loved us first. That's why we love him, First John, right? Right. That's the important thing. The price that was paid was his son. Therefore, we are to be living sacrifices for him. Okay? In Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jesus Christ doesn't want us dying for him. He wants us living for him. Now, Christ was the firstborn among many brethren. Who's the many brethren? Everyone that got us. born again. <laughs> right. Us. Exactly. See? And because we can all walk as Christ walked, now, instead of the adversary just having one Jesus Christ to deal with, everywhere a believer is, he's got Jesus Christ to deal with. But if you don't rise up in your understanding and believing of who you are in your identity with Christ, you're never going to believe it, and the devil's going to keep you down. Mm -hmm. But if you recognize who you are and the price that was paid for you, and what a joy and privilege it is to let God lead your life every day, then you can rise up and have that intimate relationship with the Father. God gave us the freedom of will to choose. Mm -hmm. We chose to get born again, those of us that took that option. And that wasn't to get to heaven. Jesus Christ says he is the way, the truth, and the life. He wasn't the way to get to heaven. He was the way to get to the Father, right. to have that relationship with him. So 
it's on us now to say, okay, Dad, every day when I wake up, I want to first think about you. Thank you for the day. God, we're going to have an exciting day today because I'm going to take you with me everywhere I go. You're there anyway. I might as well talk with you throughout the day, involve you in everything that I do throughout the day, listen and take your advice throughout the day. And when you do that, your life is going to be just exciting because God will direct you. You'll find yourself on the way to work, and God knows what you have to do that day. He's already seen it. Mm -hmm. But he may ask you to stop at the 7-Eleven. And you go, I don't have any reason to stop at the 7-Eleven, but okay. So you pull in. Don't need gas or anything, but God says, no, go ahead and get gas. Okay. So you back into the pump, and then you get out of your car to go put gas in, and then another car pulls in at the island across from you. A woman gets out just wrecked, crying, emotionally wrecked. There's an open door for you to go say, hi, is there anything I can do to help? Mm-hmm. And had you not listened, that woman would still be an emotional wreck. An incident I'll share with you. Just the other day, I was thinking about going to breakfast. This is uh, Wednesday. And I walk in, and there's no customers anywhere in the place. It's just two waitresses and the cooks. I walk in, sit down. We start talking, and I ask her, how's it going? Immediately, she starts telling me it's not going very well. Hmm. Well, she shared her heart with me. I won't get into the details. But immediately, God gave me verses to share with her. So I had about 10 minutes of God revealing verses to me to share to her that were speaking directly to her heart and the situation that she was in, that had I not listened to go to the restaurant to have breakfast, I would have missed out on that opportunity to bless her. That's cool. And when she got done, when we were done, the cooks had come out and listened and the other waitress had stopped because there were no patrons in the place. She was crying, bless her heart. And she had found the answers that she was looking for. Mm -hmm. God had answered her prayers, and it was just a wonderful blessing for her. That's wonderful. In light of that, what are some of the things that our listeners can do to practically apply in their life to build the relationship with God to the end that they're living out that purpose? First thing I would say is read the Scriptures and believe them. When God says, you are blameless in His sight— don't think about all the negative things that you know about yourself. We've all got baggage. Right. God doesn't see that baggage. or he, he sees it, but he chooses to ignore it because he sees you through the filter of his son. He calls you blameless. You're righteous. You're sanctified. You're redeemed. Mm-hmm. See yourself the way God sees you. That'll give you the boldness that God wants you to have to walk up to somebody and be able to minister healing or to speak the word to them or be proud to say the name of Jesus Christ. Now, in your ministry, are there some specific individuals that you could mention that maybe have been influential in helping you to build your relationship with God, either by their example or by their teaching ministry? Absolutely. There's uh, one uh, who has a walk with God that I would love to have one day. He's Pastor Dan 
Bowler mm-hmm. out of Ohio, Neck Ministries. He has got an intimate relationship with God like I've never seen. Right. Um, and from his testimony, he's just spent time, uh, days and hours in his bedroom, just him and God alone, talking to God, praying to God, uh, worshiping God, and has developed that close, intimate relationship with him to where God's talking to him all the time. Um, but that's something that he initiated um, and has developed with his father. But he believes what the scriptures say about him. The other one is uh, right here locally at Grace Christian Fellowship, Reverend Bob Carden. Mm-hmm. His teaching ministry, I think, is second to none. When he's sharing the greatness of God's word and he's teaching, nothing can touch it. Mm-hmm. It's so right on with the scriptures that people walk away with a clear understanding of whatever topic is that he happens to be sharing. So those two ministries have really blessed my life. That's wonderful. Uh, I'd like to get Dan on the radio show one of these days. Man, so. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's Get a, people to hear him. Awesome, man. He's affected my life as yeah. well. And then Bob as well. Uh, Bob Carden, uh, he actually, he's been on the show, on. Uh, I think it was last year we had the topic of the Holy Spirit field, where yeah. we, we spoke with him yeah, about very that. knowledgeable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, John, if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, maybe they'd like to have you come teach at their church or their their small group Bible study, or to learn about the Warriors uh, Watch, mm-hmm. what would be the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, best way is just call my cell phone. That, okay. Yeah, you can always get me on my cell phone. I mean, I might be busy doing something and can't get to the phone right away, but I'm always happy to take a phone call. 630-392-4970. Okay, and email too. I know some people prefer email. Is there an email address you'd like to give out also? Drake 4210 at gmail.com. I think that would work fine. Excellent. Well, thank you, John, very much for being with us today. I really appreciate your insight in the scriptures and sharing with us about how we've been bought with a price and for your time today. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Greg. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. God bless you. Bless you. The dream is fading, now I'm staring at the door. I know it's over because my feet have hit the cold floor. Check my reflection, I ain't feeling what I see. It's no mystery. Whatever happened to a passion I could live for? What became of the flame that made me feel more? And when did I forget that I was made to love you? I was made to find you. I was made just for you.
Thank you for joining us today on the Solution Radio Show, and thank you to John Drake, our guest, for sharing his heart and life with us today. 
All of the Solution Radio shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com, where you may re-listen at your convenience. There are also links to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. Also on the website, there is a page for upcoming events. If you'd like your event listed, just send the information to info at thesolutionradioshow.com. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you may call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life. The number is 844-705-3410. We will play those testimonies in upcoming shows. You know, it's that time of year again where the weather is warming up, my favorite time of year. You know why? Because what I love to do when the weather is warm I love to speak God's word to people on the streets, to love them with the love of God, and to make prayer available for whatever the need might be. This upcoming week in the Chicago area, it is going to be beautiful, sunny, with temperatures in the 70s, 80s, and maybe even the 90s. If you're in the area, and if you'd like to join me on the streets, ministering God's word, loving people, praying for people, send me an email at greg at the show.com We'll set up a date, a location, and we'll have a blast loving other people with God's love. Please continue to keep in your prayers the expansion of The Solution Radio Show. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported, both by your prayers and your financial giving. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. All financial donations are tax-deductible. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. Once again, P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. There's also a donation link available on our website. Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best.